What's the number one unconscious question that your audience is asking themselves when they come across your content or they come across your blogs or they come across your website? Well, what is it that you ask when you come across someone online and you're watching their stuff? The question we ask ourselves, because our brain is trying to save calories and trying to store energy, is to ask, why should I be listening to this person? Asking the unconscious question of, why am I listening? And why should I choose to listen to this person and not someone else? This is what comes down to your social influence. This is what comes down to your credibility and the authority you have as displayed online. And if you have the credibility and authority, people will choose you over others. It simply comes down to your brain and how it's wired. So if you know that on your website, on your post, your social media presence needs to be boosted a little bit in terms of your influence and in terms of your credibility, this is why we have Corey here. Corey Poirier is here to walk through everything in terms of what you can do just to boost up your social score, boost up that little level of credibility and authority that your business needs. So what you're going to learn here is one, how you can start getting on podcasts. Corey's going to walk you through how you can get on 10 podcasts in three weeks. Two, what to do when you're on those podcasts and when you're getting some media exposure to boost your social influence. Three, what your website needs to have. The one thing your website needs to have to really start to display your social proof. And four, what entails a really good, compelling story. Yes, it's here and in the serving circle where you help elevate consciousness. You help elevate the consciousness of the planet through spiritual business success. So if you're a spiritual entrepreneur, be sure to subscribe. I'll see you in the serving circle where you can start collaborating with your soul tribe. Let's dive into the episode. Hello and welcome to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name's Tyson Sharp. And if it's also your mission to heighten consciousness, yes, you are a light worker. And it's in this podcast where you execute that heart's mission by integrating your spiritual and business growth. This is what I call stepping into the role of the heart-centered CEO. This is the version of you who knows the numbers, you know how to grow an audience, you know how to create more impact and more income. But every business strategy is done through the filter of love, compassion, consciousness, and contribution. So when you're ready, take a deep breath, and I'll see you on the inside. All right. Welcome back, team. Welcome back, online family, my soul tribe. We have Corey Perrier here. We're going to talk all about diving into how to build credibility, how to build some authority, how to become an influencer in your space. This is what Corey is all, all about. I think in this time with so much noise, so many people creating content, so many people on their online space, the question is how are you going to stand out? The question is how are you going to build a how are you going to build a reputation for yourself so that when people come to see you, whether it's your content on on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, they're saying, what is it about this person that makes me want to follow, want to trust, want to get into their programs? So Corey is going to dive in deep all about how to how to build this for yourself. And so that when you come across people who are new, some when you come across people with new audiences, they know, okay, this is the person I need to follow. So Corey, welcome, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Tyson. I've been looking forward to this uh, actually since last week. So I'm super stoked. Yes, exactly. Cool. We'll, uh, I'll give you a bit, of a, a bit of a bias. I'll read your bio, then we can dive in a little bit about your story of how you got into all of this. 
So Corey, Corey Perrier is a multiple time TEDx speaker. He's also the host of the top rated Let's Do Influencing radio show, the founder of the Speaking Program, founder of Blue Talks, which we're going to talk all about and has been featured in multiple television specials. He's a, Bones, a Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Apple Books, and Kobo best-selling author, award-winning author, and co-author of the Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestseller, Quitless. Awesome. Corey, how'd you get into all this, my friend? Wow, so that's a, that's a big question. How did I get into all of this? So uh, really, well, it's kind of a happy accident, Tyson. I was in the corporate world for about 10 years, so corporate sales, really. And how I got into everything I do now really was a, a weird, happy accident in an occasion of getting tricked into performing stand-up comedy. You'll probably find I'm one of the only people that will tell you that's how I got into the personal development world is through stand-up comedy. But what happened was... I uh, ended up going to a comedy workshop. I never wanted to be on a stage. I always thought, like, that sounds terrifying. I'm not in for that. And we went to this workshop. And my whole idea was I was going to learn more about writing comedy, not getting on a stage. Week number three, the guy who was running the workshop got us to a club, told us we were going to uh, promote the club, promote the show, and watch people entertain us, and then talk about what we took from what they their, their comedy. Uh, we found out with five minutes notice that he had planned all along that we were the comics. So there were no real comics coming in. It was just these guys that went through a two week workshop, but how to adjust the mic stand and hold the mic stand. And so I ended up being one of the foolish ones who stayed at a 15, eight left. I was one of the seven who stayed. I got up on stage. I bombed horribly. I told my first two jokes that the mic turned on. And uh, what happened though, is I didn't die. That was kind of how my rating was. I didn't die on that stage. So I came back the next week and then the next week. And then the next week, and that continued on. And somebody brought me to a Tony Robbins seminar. And while we were sitting there together, they said, can you believe he's getting paid to do this? And I said, it was like a record scratch moment. I was like, hold on, what? People get paid to do this? I'm going to a comedy club and paying 10 bucks in gas to get $5 back from the door. And somebody's getting paid to do this. They don't have to perform in front of drunk, you know, drunk people on a Friday night or Tuesday night. And uh, the guy said, yeah, he's getting paid big money to do this. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. And that turned into me wanting to find out more about that. And so I approached the local college, sold them on why they should let me teach a sales course, started teaching a sales course. And then what that evolved into, Tyson, is people that couldn't send all their staff to the event, like where I was teaching, they said, can we bring him in? And so the college said, we don't care. If, if he doesn't mind, we don't care. So they reached out to me. They started bringing me in. And that was kind of the start of my speaking career. I didn't really realize that was a thing in the sense that, I didn't realize that um, them bringing me in, I thought of it more as sales training, but it turned out to be more speaking, the larger the audiences got. And so that's how I got into this whole world and it kind of evolved. I mean, that's now, that's over 20 years ago, meaning just to get to the point where I started speaking. So 20 years since then has occurred. And of course, I know we're going to go down that rabbit hole a little bit, but that's how I got, you know, you said, how did it all start? That's how it all began is I got tricked into performing stand-up comedy one night, which evolved into speaking. And that evolved into everything else that's happened since. Wow. And I think, I think in that story are the nuggets of what leads you to do what you do and do it successfully is when you realize, oh, I'm not dead. I didn't die. And so you keep coming back, you keep doing it. You keep, you know, crafting a bit of, you know, your skills and your gifts. And I think 
you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels like that's what the what many people are holding them back when they are building something online. They're getting their business going. They may be doing something from their heart, and at some level, they're they're hardwired biochemically to think if I do this and I fail, I'm going to die, or if I get judged, I'm going to die. If I go broke, I'm going to die. And I think I think that's the one of the, the big tools and one of, one of the keys of why people want to learn so bad is because oh my god i need to learn this so i don't die and what you're saying is well when i started i realized that wasn't the case is that the way you describe it yeah and well and so yes and it's also we hear a lot with comedy people and, and speaking publicly people say oh my god if i ever got in that stage i'd die and so i think there's this thing in our head that performing or speaking in public is like an occasion where I would die if I did that. Like, so we tie in uh, death somehow to that. And then we hear the statistics. Uh, they've said that uh, public speaking is the number one fear above death. So that even tells you that more people are afraid that they die in that stage because they're on the stage than they are that they would die in traffic or something. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think there's, a, there's various elements of that. But for me, it was one of those, I survived. Like, it wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't like... Uh, everything came to an end because I get on that stage. It wasn't any of that. It was just, I get on a stage. And oh my gosh, people uh, didn't really laugh a lot. Those first shows, I didn't get a lot of laughs, but I knew that I was taking people out of their crappy day. You know, they were coming in and even if I was bombing and that was getting them to laugh, I'm like, oh, at least I helped them escape the crappy day by laughing at me, this foolish guy up on a stage trying to tell a joke about soap that's not working. <laughs> you know, so, so I, yeah. So in that end, I mean, that was a long way to say yes. Um, we equate it with dying. And then on the same time for me, it was like the opposite of that was I survived, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. And I, like I said, I think the dying part is almost like a metaphor. You know, we just think, Oh my God, I would die if I get up there, but no, I didn't. Yeah. And I was covered in sweat. I was like, the mic didn't turn on. So I was a mess. I was, uh, you know, my jokes didn't work. So I was the guy that was like, as soon as I tell a joke that my, my eyes would go big, like, Oh my God, they're not laughing. What do I do now? Like I went through all of that, but again, I survived. And then the next week I had like almost like a little taste of, I got to go back and try to get a laugh now. And then it became this chasing the laugh. And I kept trying to chase. Now here's the funny part, Tyson. I'm not even saying I was chasing the laughter. I'm starting to say I was chasing one laugh. It took me probably like 20 shows to get a, <laughs> like it was like dead silence or people going, oh man, that's, that's harsh. Or like somebody going, <coughs> while I was telling jokes, like it was bad. And the thing that helped me survive that was I was reading a lot of comedy interviews and things like that, like with other comics. And I remember reading Jerry Seinfeld said it took him two years to get 15 minutes of material that worked. And I thought, here's the guy at the time that's at the pinnacle of his career. And he's saying it took him two years. And then I had a friend of mine who won Star Search, one of the only female comics to ever win Star Search. And she told me it took her five years to get her first headline spot. So those kind of things let me say, okay, I'm, I'm probably worse than they were when they started, but I'm not the worst that's ever tried this. And this is, is important, important when someone's observing this and they're saying, okay, when I'm building my business, if I'm getting started and I'm struggling, how about I just try and get that one client or let's try and get, you know, that one person into, you know, into my freebie or let's just get, let's just, you know, get one laugh. Let's just have one person join my Facebook live or whatever it is. And start from there, because if you observe 
people who have been in the industry for 15, 20 years and you're like, oh my God, why aren't I there yet? Why can't I have this kind of external result? That's, that's where we can sort of have that disparity of like where, where I need to be and where I want to be and where I am now and just say, well, it seems hopeless. But I think what you're tapping into is really important where when you're on stage and you're telling jokes, you're, it's almost like the ego death. It's like, well, a part of me is dying because there's a part of me that has expectations or assumptions or, or that's attached to certain outcomes. And you're like, well, a part of me died, my ego died, but I'm okay. And therefore you get to go back and say, well, I can do this time and time and time again. And let's just try and get one person to laugh. So here's my next question. What was that one joke? Do you remember that got that your first ever laugh? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, so, well, and, and just to add to what you said, I love that uh, comparison because you are right in the sense that that's the influencer, um, what we might call the imposter syndrome or whatever. We feel like we're imposters if we don't have uh, 50,000 people watching our, our stream or what have you. And that is the new challenge is that people think if I'm not doing this, I'm not succeeding. But really, I mean, there's, there's times I've had only five people on a call and then had one of those people circle back and say, you know, that thing you said changed the way I, I, I came home to my children that night. And then I tried this thing you said, and all of a sudden, uh, now my child, I've seen the transformation in the last three months. So, you know, I only had five people, but if I showed up properly for those five people, I could have changed one of their lives. And you could have somebody that's 50,000 people and doesn't make that level of impact. So to your point, yes. I mean, and that same with the joke, right? That joke that I got the final laugh, finally got a laugh on, could have been the joke that saved somebody's life who came there that night and were like, I'm miserable, I don't like how my life is now. And yet they laughed at me and, you know, maybe went, look at this guy for an hour trying to get one laugh. It wasn't an hour, like 10 minutes and, uh, and goes, at least I'm not as bad as him. Or the other side could be that it, they could have been the one that laughed the hardest at that joke or kept it inside, but it, it took them out of their day. And so you just, you only need one. Uh, but to answer your question about the, the joke, I don't remember the specific joke, but I know the context of it was the, basically it was around, I had just moved across the country. And it was all the absurd things that I had seen driving across the country. So it was like, it, it was just stories. It was like, um, you know, how like I needed the bathroom really bad. And we were on this like eight lane highway. And it was like me acting out, running across that highway and little dribbles of pee coming out. And like, like it was just all that stuff. And, and that, like when I did that storytelling for about 10 minutes, I probably got like six laughs that night. Like it's weird. The first night I got laughs, I had finally crafted something that was getting multiple laughs, but it was more like storytelling type of thing. Uh, and I can also tell you, I remember the night that I've had, had the best that I ever had. And I remember the first, like the opening thing that pulled them in. And I can tell you that one too. Uh, and it's, it's not, uh, we in comedy, we call it blue comedy. If it's dirty or whatever, it's not dirty, uh, because I don't use any of the words, but the gist is this is I went out on a blind date with this girl who I met like online dating. And in the middle of the date, she leaned over to me and said, how would you feel if I told you I have scurvy? And so I was like, scurvy, isn't that a pirate's disease? Like, how do you even get scurvy in the 21st century? And so I went through all that stuff. And then I said, asked her, um, so I'm skipping a whole lot of the joke, but just to tell you the core of it is that I said, well, how do you know you had scurvy? And she said, well, I noticed one of my toenails was had turned color and I touched it and it fell off. And so I realized that I couldn't continue going out with this girl because uh, the last thing she touched turned color and fell off. <laughs> I'm looking down for those that are listening to audio. Uh, and that's not a risk I'm prepared to take. And so that was, that was the lead-in joke to the best set that I had. 
uh, and it was just a continuation of jokes from that joke. But that I remember that was the one that pulled people in this one night where I just had this, and I have I have a video of that somewhere, like that that one night. And then what happened was after that night, I kept bringing the similar material and just trying a few new things. And I got to the point where I was doing 45 minute sets with mostly laughter from the guy who couldn't, we had to fight for 10 minutes to get one snicker. And so I do remember to some degree what the, what the stuff that finally worked was. That's the progress. I love it. And, uh, and, and obviously you network and help a lot of people who are wanting to get on stage, wanting to speak, wanting to use that as a, a medium for credibility, for authority. What do you see are some of the, some of the tips, some of the, some advice you would give someone? Cause I know a lot of people are wanting to get on more Facebook lives they're wanting to get out there more and, and do more video and then eventually get to certain stages in person or online speaking at summits, this sort of thing. What do you think, what do you think some of the tips or advice you do have for, for people that you have helped with that journey? Yeah. I, I mean, there's so much and so many directions I could go Tyson, but first thing I'll say is, and, and I'll dive into this, how you can do this. I want to give people actual uh, strategies they can take away from this and apply right away. Uh, but well, you gave a hint toward uh, the first starting point is to not try to become the next Tony Robbins from day one. You know, so don't try to, uh, don't beat yourself up when you jump in, you don't have a platform of thousands of people. Uh, I'll tell you one of the things that I've always prided myself in is I've always talked about how do you become uh, the credible expert or quote unquote business uh, credible celebrity versus trying to become a celebrity or famous because I see a lot, and you probably see this too. I see a lot of these events now, summits, where somebody will say, uh, she's going to teach you the three steps to become uh, famous overnight. And then that person who's going to teach me to become famous overnight, I've never heard of them, so I Google them, and I can hardly find anything on them. If they're not famous themselves, how are they going to teach me how to become famous? But I see this every day. And what I really think they're trying to say is I want to teach you how to build your credibility, like instant credibility. So people, like you said, when they go to your website, they say, I have to work with this person. So I'm going to give you one of those things that will increase your, if you don't already have this done, will increase your credibility. This For people in the serving circle, this could be game changing if you haven't done it already, is to have an as seen on banner. So when I go to your website and I go to the front of your website, do you have something that says where you've been featured? So as seen on Forbes, as seen on Entrepreneur, as seen on show I've never heard of, because that's okay. Because I don't know, I don't have the time to research all the different shows. But if I see that you were vetted by different media, you still get the credibility, even if I've never heard of the show. And so here's what I'm getting at is that there's a reason why the Jack Canfields, if people are familiar with him, of the world have given up, like on their main website, 20% of their website to this banner that says as seen on. Why are they doing that? Because Tyson, they've shown that it can increase your credibility up to 70% higher when somebody sees that you're featured in the media. And, but here's the thing. I think most people don't do it because they think it's a lot harder than it is. They're like, well, I haven't been on Ellen or Super Soul Sunday or Forbes or Oprah. You don't have to be. The great news now is there's almost 2 million podcasts in the world that you could be on. And because there's so many, none of us know which ones are big or not. So you don't lose credibility even when you're on one that we haven't heard of. So here's what people can do watching right now in the next three weeks to have a powerful SEN banner from scratch, and it'll cost you $0.00. So what you could do, as I'll give a resource, you could go to radioguestlist.com. Now, there's various websites, but that's the one that pops into my head. Radioguestlist.com. And when you go on that website, in the top corner, there's a spot where it says sign up for our newsletter. So you sign up for the newsletter for free. 
And the next day and every day going forward, you're going to get an email from them with maybe five podcasters that are looking for guests. And it'll say apply here. You'll be able to see how many listeners they have, a whole bunch of stuff about the show. And so if you apply to those five every day, even if you've never done shows before, I'm going to say conservatively, you're probably going to land one out of five. So let's say you land one out of five and you do that for 10 days. So now with two weeks, 10 business days, let's say Monday to Friday, and let's say you land one a day, the following week and a half, you're probably going to do the interviews. You may even be doing them while you're reaching out to other ones. But either way, within about three weeks, you could probably have those 10 interviews done. Um, and have and what you're going to do is you're going to ask them for their logos. Say, hey, can I grab your logo? Because I'm building an SCN on banner and I want to make sure I include you. Now, every podcaster is going to want to send you that because they want to be featured because they want their name to be seen everywhere they can. And so you get the 10 logos. You've done the 10 interviews. And by the way, you now have 10 interviews that you can put on your website that you can share with clients. So they're like, why should I hire Tyson? Oh, well, check out my interview I did with uh, Corey Fourier on Blue Talks. And all of a sudden you gain credibility. You can pick the clips you want to send to that client. So you can leverage those interviews in lots of ways. But let's go back to the As Seen On banner. Now you have 10 logos. If you don't have the skill yourself, which that's not my jam, designing banners and stuff. If you don't have the skill yourself, you could go to something like Upwork or Fiverr or 99designs and pay 20 bucks, maybe even less, and they'll do a gorgeous looking banner for you. I did say you could do it for free, but that depends on if you can do your own banner. But it, it, the most it would cost you is 20 bucks. And now all of a sudden you have the credibility that you're on those shows. You have new people that, uh, and I can give you another hint too, but new people that are going to discover you from those shows and you have the logos and now you have a banner that was created for you that you can put on your website. And you're going to gain instant credibility from people that come to your website by seeing that banner. And then if you're already going on the shows anyway, here's another little tip or hack. If you're already going on the podcast anyway, then you might as well have a gift for them where you send them and Tyson, I know you're probably familiar with it. I'm not sure if everybody is, but a lead page or a squeeze page or whatever you want to call it. You can then say at the end of your podcast interview, they'll give you a chance. They'll, so I was just on an interview an hour ago. She said, uh, how can people connect with you, Corey? I said, can I give away a free gift? She said, oh, absolutely. I said, uh, people can grab my book called the book of why and how, and I'm going to give you the audio book, which people don't usually give you audio books. I'm going to give you the audio book at the book of So then a person could go there, uh, grab the book for free. And then they're joining my email list. So now, and you could go one step further. You could have it set up as a whole funnel. But I'm saying even at the very least, if I was on a show like you with you right now, and you said, Corey, how can we connect with you and learn more? I could say, grab my free book, uh, audio version, The Book of Why, at thebookofwhyaudio.com. And what then happens is now those shows that you're on that you only went on to get the logos to put on an SCNM banner, now you might get 10 people that sign up from each show and you now maybe have a hundred new people on your email list that you can market to as well. So that was maybe in like what, five minutes. That's a five minute example of something that could increase your uh, credibility almost tenfold. And it, yet it won't cost you next, it'll cost you either zero or pennies on the dollar. And I think if people have the story like, oh my God, I can't be on podcasts or I'm not ready or I don't know who to ask or you know, who's going to want to have me. I think, I think people with this type of exercise, you'll, you'll realize how much podcasters need guests and are looking for guests and would love to have you as a guest because it's, it's a very, very good exchange. I know people in the serving circle all the time. I do uh, posts and on our collaborative calls, I'm always asking who's got a podcast, who wants to be on podcasts and everyone's just like putting their hands up and going crazy because everyone wants to be on more podcasts or they, they're looking for guests. And it's such a good way to share audiences, to get out there, develop your craft. As you were saying, you know, you, you, 
you're developing your story, you're developing your your voice, you're you know really coming into your own as a you know as a business owner and, and you know mastering your skill set. This is the best way to do it, and then you can you can leverage your time. You can leverage your time by saying, once I get on this podcast, what are some things that I can do that are going to you know serve me long term? Whether it may be getting their banner, uh, getting their logo to put on your as seen banner and to build that credibility, like I said, by 70%, pretty crazy. And then also asking, hey, if there's a free gift, if there's something that you can give away, there's, if there's a no-brainer offer that you can give on each podcast, you know, you may get some more people who are following your stuff and starting to build your, building your email list. Absolutely. And I'll add to Tyson, another, um, I'll call it a hack or, a, or um, uh, maybe even a, a strategy that people can use as well. The challenge you're eventually going to run into is you could do, I mean, two, you know, 1.5 to 2 million podcasts. You could literally do podcasts morning till night, eight hours a day, all year round, and never run out of podcasts. So the next thing after you've been doing it for a bit is you're going to have to decide what kind of shows do I want to be on. So one thing that's really important is don't just jump on any podcasts because the biggest issue is you have a finite amount of time. So don't just jump on any podcast for the sake of being on a podcast. But then when you get to a certain point, you're probably going to have to try to aim to be on shows that have a somewhat solid listenership. And the, here's the thing with podcasts, no numbers are revealed anyway. Like you can't find out how many subscribers a show has. You can't find out how many listeners, but here's what you can find out is you can find out how solid the show is like how many you can get a feel for how big the show is by a website called listen notes. So two ends, listennotes.com. And if you go to listennotes.com, like if I go right there now, and type in let's do influencing which is our show it'll come up and it'll say uh i don't even know what the listener number means it says 44 whatever that means but then to the right of it it says one percent and what that tells you is this show is in the top one percent of all podcasts in the world and so the lower the percentage obviously the bigger the show so joe rogan would be like 0.000005 percent and and then most shows are going to be like 20 percent or higher but you're the lower the show again the bigger the audience. So typically, less than 5%, you're probably looking at they have at least hundreds of listeners per episode. When you get into the 1% and lower, you're probably thousands of listeners per episode. And it just kind of gives you a range, Tyson, that you know, if you, if you want to be very strategic, and let's say you want to get on shows that are about books and you're doing a book launch, then you might want to know you're getting on some of the bigger shows. Mm -hmm. Because if you go on all the shows that don't even rank in the percentages, you might go on 20 shows and only have had eight people hear your story. And, you know, again, it's not a judgment over a size. We talked earlier, it doesn't matter that the, the uh, quantity is, is more, not as important as the quality, but at the same time, you have to have some listeners. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, here's another strategy for, and again, don't do that when you're trying to build your SEM banner. Don't worry about that at all. But as you get into it down the road, if you want to know, because it's the only way I know of to know what size of show it is, is to go onto listennotes.com, type in the name of the podcast. And I think they have something like 1.4 million podcasts are registered there out of like 1.9 million. So almost every show that's been around for any amount of time, you're going to find their listing there. That's cool. That's awesome. Do you search any of the other social media accounts that it's associated with or, you know, the YouTube channels? Do you do, you do those sorts of or just the listen notes give you a good estimate on just the podcast itself? So it depends if they're promoting heavily that they're on YouTube. Like if that's one of their big things, like when it's, let's say, 
they reach out to me about being on the show and I'm trying to decide mm-hmm. if they focus on YouTube, then I'll go to the YouTube channel and see what I'm looking at. Like I've had people that here's another thing. There's a lot of sh- uh, shows now that charge. So you have to decide that's another big reason to go to listen notes. Cause you could have somebody that's saying to you, Oh, we got like 800,000 listeners a week, which almost no podcast do by the way. And so they'll say, Oh, we have this big number and uh, we charge $500 an appearance and you go to listen notes and they're not even <laughs> rating at all. Well, that tells you this isn't a good use of your money. So that's another good reason to check that out. Now, uh, there's shows like the Jordan Harbinger show. Uh, he has 250,000 listeners an episode. That's like on the very high end of podcasting. Now, podcast listeners, I, I guess I'll say it this way. You can have a lower number of podcast listeners and still get a bigger impact than if you were on commercial radio with a bigger number because it's very targeted. So you could have 100 listeners and have five people sign up for your high ticket item. So I'm not trying to say you need hundreds of thousands, but I'm just saying that um, be careful because a lot of people try to sell you on, here's how good we're doing, join up with us. And and there are costs involved often. So just be cautious and listen notes will allow you to do that. You know, as an example, we talked Blue Talks and uh, with our Blue Talks brand, anything we're talking to uh, people about, you can see the numbers. Like you can go to our YouTube channel. If I say we have almost 80,000 views on our YouTube channel in the last eight months, you can see that. If I tell you, which I think we're in the top 5% of all podcasts, you can go see that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable uh, saying, oh, you should do this and sending you there and saying, oh, we're, we got like 5 million listeners a week. And then you go there and go, geez, they're not even like, it says they're in the top 80%, you know, which means like they're in basically, you know, the lower, mm-hmm. like the lower numbers, Again, it gets weird when it's lower and higher percentage, but it, it tells you that, okay, well, he's telling me one thing, but this isn't backing that up. So, but to answer your question about YouTube, I also go to YouTube because again, if somebody's saying they have a really big show and they're selling me on that, if I go to listen notes and it doesn't look big, then I might go to YouTube and say, oh, well, maybe, maybe their YouTube's bigger. You go to somebody like Evan Carmichael. I mean, Evan Carmichael has 400 million views on YouTube. I don't even know if he has a podcast, but it's possible Evan could start a new podcast today, which wouldn't be ranking. And he could say, come on my show. I'm going to get you in front of millions of people. And you're going, yeah, right. Look at this podcast. It doesn't even rank. But you go to his YouTube channel. He's got, I think he's like 3 million subscribers. So I do, when I'm doing my own research or if somebody else is doing that for me, we do go and check the things we can see. And I think that's really important, even when you're working with somebody, Tyson. And this is a separate note, but we're living in a filtered world now. You know, people go on Instagram and say, oh, look at my house. Look at my car. And you don't get to see when they turn the camera off and somebody chases them off the lawn and says, stop filming in front of my house. <laughs> we think it's their house. They don't tell us the difference. And so what I'm getting at is whether it's right or wrong, people need to be you know, accountable. You can search this stuff now. So somebody comes to me and says, oh, dude, I can help you crush it on LinkedIn, for example. I get this five times a week now. I can help you crush it on LinkedIn. And then I go to their page. And again, it's not a judgment, but still, they haven't posted in six weeks. Or when they have posted, there's only been two comments. And they have 1,100 followers, and I have 7,000. And they're saying, oh, you're not doing things right. I can help you crush it. And then I bring that up, and they'll say, oh, I've been too busy helping other people. So I'll say, okay, well, can you send me some testimonials? Oh, I don't give my clients names that as testimonials. So I'm just to, I'm just to take it for granted that I should send you $1,000 to help me grow on LinkedIn. But yet nothing I can see backs that up. So I just I want to stress that it's, it's great to trust people, but at the same time, trust and then verify is what I would say. So that was a long way to say that. Did that answer the question though, Tyson? I do look at this, the numbers when I can see them. Definitely. And it's, it, it's a good reminder of what 
what you can do for your own credibility, what you can do for your own uh, level of influence, you know, and, and it also goes to show that if you do have something on your side that gives you credibility, don't be shy to admit it, right? Don't be shy to say to people like, oh, I don't want to brag or I don't want to do these sort of, you know, I don't want to have a big head and, and, you know, get myself out there in that way. But it really does, uh, it really does make a difference. And I think you can, it's sort of like that blend of what's, what's credible, but also authentic because you can be credible. You can share your credibility in terms of numbers or who you've helped and all those different things without overdoing it. And, and coming from a place of insecurity, people can feel when you're coming from a place of insecurity and say, oh my God, but you know, you, you just throw on them testimonials and numbers and saying, this is why I need help you. And you can feel the energy around it. Or, you know, you know, as um, in, in building a story brand, you know, they, they, they really start to hone in on, hey, when you do this, you can give a little bit of uh, credibility you can give and and you can give a little bit of uh, a little bit of authority, and that's desperately needed because people's brains are going to say that they're going to say, "Why should I be listening to this person?" But you don't have to go over over above and beyond and where you're coming from a place of insecurity, right? Is that what is that the way you would explain it? Absolutely, Tyson. And I'll, I'll give you since you said that, I'll, I'll give people another uh, tip that they can use uh, in their life starting tomorrow is storytelling, because you mentioned storytelling, and also not going overboard. So here's what I, there's a thing called the DIP, D-I-P method of storytelling. And I learned this through the media. And I would recommend anybody, and you can use this, by the way, when you're, if you have a practice, if you have a, a Reiki practice and somebody's coming in, you can actually share your DIP story when you're talking to a potential client. So there's lots of ways you can use it. I don't want you to just think it's in a Facebook Live or on a live stage. But here's how the DIP story works. The dip story is basically uh, when you're crafting whatever it is, your message, your talk, your story, you start at the top end and that's why should we listen to Tyson? So that's your bio really. And then the dip goes down and it's like, now Tyson's sharing his muddy middle, the messy middle, all the crap that happened to him that, that made him as strong as he is and helped him learn who he, you know, what he's learned. Then you start coming out of it is here's what I learned that got me out of the funk. And then the last part is now that I know that, let me teach you. So what I'm suggesting is the first part, it's always better if somebody else does the first part of the dip for you. So I'm using real time people. You're watching this and I'm showing you in real time what happened today is Tyson introduced me. So you gave me the start of my dip. He's multiple time TEDx speaker, Blue Talks founder, what have you. So that's the start. Now in a perfect world, somebody else should be introducing you. If they are, it's easy. You don't have to worry about the ego side because they're sharing your story. If you have to share it yourself, here's the tip. Like if you're doing a Facebook Live and you want to start out and say, you know, have you ever uh, wondered what it's like to, um, think of a random example, have you ever wondered what it's like to uh, be on Zoom all by yourself and be scared for the first time? Hey, my name is Tyson Sharp and uh, I'm a multiple time, et cetera, et cetera. And then here's how you get take, take the ego out of the room. You say, but it wasn't always this way. You know, I hardly recognize the guy I am today compared to what it was like. Let me tell you how it all started. And that's how you go into your dip. But if you introduced me and I was going to go into a dip, you would say, you know, Corey Pori is this and that. And I would say, thank you so much, Tyson. Then you might say, tell us about your backstory. And I might say, well, I was raised by a single mother, barely graduated high school. When I did graduate, I didn't know the difference between fiction and nonfiction. When I say I barely graduated, I got a 49 plus one. 
One of the teachers gave me a plus one that allowed me to graduate. I didn't have most likely to succeed or even likely to see it on my yearbook. I didn't read my first book in age 27 until age 27. Um, but something changed whenever I read that first book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And here's what changed. And then so I might say, here's the things that changed in my life. So here's what I want to share with you today. Could be I want to share with you the power of being a lifelong learner. But what I'm getting at is it's a very powerful way, when you talked about credibility, it's a very powerful way to resonate with somebody by sharing the crappy stuff that happened to you. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is you need, they need to know first, why should I listen to Tyson? So that's like the bio, the, all the stuff we feel guilty saying and we don't want to say because it seems like an ego thing. But that's the why should I listen to Tyson? You know, he started the serving circle and he's this age, he has this many followers in the serving circle. And then you might say, like I said, you might say, well, you know, let me tell you about what happened. I got in a car accident. If you're not familiar with Brendan Burchard, he talked about how his life changed when he got in a car accident. And he asked himself, did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? And then that became the premise of his whole brand. So again, another takeaway is if you're trying to build credibility, be willing to be vulnerable. And actually... If you're doing a Facebook Live, every Facebook Live that I want to do a dip in, I plan it beforehand. You know, so I'll say, okay, you know, hey, everybody, if you, if you follow me already, you know who I am, I'm Corey Poirier, multiple time TEDx speaker, and I'll list a few things. I'll say, but you know what, at the end of the day, none of that matters because today it's about you. And then I'll say, you know, here's how I started. Here's the journey I took. Here's all the crappy things that happened. Here's how I came out of it. And here's what I want to teach you. And I can do that in two minutes. I can do that in an hour. Could be your signature story, could be the whole thing. So anyway, that was a long way to, to answer your question, Tyson. But I, I think it's it's important for people to realize that people resonate more with us when we're willing to be vulnerable. As Bernice Brown says, the power of vulnerability. And you can actually gain credibility by being vulnerable because you become more likable because they're like, wow, he was willing to admit this raw stuff that most people won't. Yeah. And, and I think you go further than the person that's trying to sit in front of the house and film in front of somebody else's house and pretend it's their own. <laughs> that's good. Um, I want to give you I want to give you a chance as well to share all about Blue Tox, which is B L U for everyone everyone listening. Uh, what it's all about, you know, give us a good old, give us a good old picture on what value you're giving to the world and the opportunity people can have to to speak on those stages. So Blue Tox, the best way I can describe it, and I got to find a better way, but this is the best way I've been able to describe it. People go, oh, I get it right away. Is if TEDx and Chicken Soup for the Soul got together and had a baby. Blue Talks would be the baby. So it's like, you could say like spiritual TEDx talks almost mixed with, you know, because uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul is kind of inspirational stories. So a mixture of all that. And so Blue Talks, uh, which the website's easy, it's bluetalks.com, blue without the E, as you mentioned. So B-L-U talks.com. So Blue Talks is, I call it a multi-platformed brand now. And so what it looks like is it's become live talks just like TEDx, where you would go to an event, you'd see live speakers. And then after that, we roll out that weekly, those weekly videos, which are the live speeches. So you can watch the speeches on YouTube or we're on uh, Connect TV or Apple or Roku. And so there's the live talks. Then there's the book series, which we're just putting out number five in the next week or so, uh, next couple of weeks. And number six is coming out early in the new year. And so it's Blue Talks Presents Business Life and the Universe which as a side note, that's what blue stands for business life universe. And so there's the book series, there's the podcast. So our blue talks podcast I mentioned earlier, and then we do virtual events as well. So we will have like a week long of uh, different speakers, whether they're presenting or we're interviewing them. And so those are our four platforms right now. So with blue talks, you could discover us in any four of those formats. 
And uh, it basically, it's about 12 months, a little over 12 months since we launched. It's been a grassroots thing. It's really blown up. I was, I'm shocked by how well it's done so far. And But the bigger, more exciting thing is to watch these Blue Talk speakers. These are heart-centered entrepreneurs to watch them thrive. So, you know, I get messages regularly by people saying, oh my gosh, the book just came out. And I just told my parents for the first time, I'm a best-selling author. And I take that for granted sometimes. But, you know, now we just, we just hit over 200 uh, authors that we've helped become best-selling authors. Or the live stage, we've had over 100. The virtual stage, we've had almost 400. And, you know, to know that you're helping people, going back to what we talked about earlier, build this extra credibility by being on our platform that we've created for that reason, there's nothing quite like that. And so that's really how I'm spending my time is trying to get Blue Talks out to the world. We've, um, I've been crunching the numbers and I think we're conservatively just over a million people have discovered Blue Talks now. So our virtual stage has over 200,000 viewers. The, the YouTube is over 100,000. And then all the other platforms combined bring up the rest. But uh, we also have articles in magazines about Blue Talks. We're launching a Blue Talks Awards early next year. So we're going to have like the Blue Talks Book Awards. Uh, we're launching a Huffington Post type website where people can submit their own articles. And so obviously what we're trying to do, Tyson, is just create this platform that when we discover you and you come in and work with us, by the time you're done, and you're still part of the community forever, but the time you're done, you're now a best-selling author. You've been on maybe a stage like Harvard or Columbia. That's some of the places we bring the uh, speakers. You shared the bill, perhaps, with Les Brown or, or Mark Victor Hansen or Jack Canfield. Those are some of the speakers we've had already on Blue Talks. Um, you maybe have featured on a top-rated podcast or in the book series, which is at Walmart and Target. And so it's just really the way to... You like so that you can look at your bio and add all these things that somebody heard at the beginning of my bio. So I'm just trying to help you jump ahead and save five years it took me to get all those things separately and help get you get you them at once. Uh, so that's what we do. Like I'm trying to help uh, give more people stages so they can create a more positive ripple in the world. And the people we bring on usually are heart-based entrepreneurs that are trying to raise their profile, impact more lives, and get their message and story to more people. So did that in a couple of minutes? Did that explain Blue Talks? Sure did, sure did. Everyone's uh, searching it right now. So I know you got to jot off to another another interview, but the uh, one last question of how people can find out more about you, if people are looking to dive in, what can they do? Yeah, so um, probably the best bet is I mentioned it earlier, and so I mentioned the audio book, my book of why. So maybe I'll, I'll I mentioned it earlier in passing as an example, but maybe I'll say that's one way to reach out. If people are interested in audiobooks, you can grab that, which is again, the book of why audio.com. That's one option. And if you're interested in learning more about blue talks, like if you're saying, I wonder, I want to know more about this. Like how do I get featured on a blue talk stage or how do I get featured on the blue talks podcast or anything like that? Probably the easiest way is just to either shoot me an email or um, you can actually on Facebook, you can uh, message me because of course we're on Facebook. I, as well here, I believe. So if you find me on Facebook, I'm part of the serving circle. You can reach out and say, tell me more about Blue Talks or my email address. I'll give the easy one. It's uh, Blue Talks brand. It's the Blue Talks brand at gmail.com. Okay, gotcha. So send me the email if you want to know more about Blue Talks or Facebook message me. Uh, and if you want to know, if you want to grab the free audio book so I can give you an extra gift for being here today, uh, the book of why audio.com. That's it. Corey Perrier out. He's done. He's uh, rocking our world. Thanks so much for all the work you're doing, my friend. And uh, I'll put all the links below for those listening on the podcast, put all the links below that's easy access. 
But man, thank you for your wisdom. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you, Tyson. And I will say that uh, I've been uh, reaching out to people in the serving circle and I've, I've been on calls with different people and, and such a great group. So everybody here, uh, whether we had a call or not, you guys are awesome. Such a great experience. And uh, I do plan to start getting in on the Tuesday calls as well. Cool. So thank you, Tyson, for creating something so magical. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. I'll see you there. Thanks awesome. so much, man. Take care, everybody. Take care. Appreciate Bye-bye. you guys. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're a heart-centered business owner, you know that selling, marketing, and business strategy can bring up a lot of fear, doubt, and scarcity. And this is why I created the community on Facebook called The Serving Circle. It's in here where you get to grow your business as a byproduct of asking the question, how may I serve? It's on our weekly Zoom collaborative calls where you get to serve by meeting like-minded people and organizing collaborations, service exchanges, and partnerships So together we can heighten consciousness through business success. So just search The Serving Circle in your Facebook groups and you'll see that you're just one heartfelt collaboration away from reaching your biggest business goal. Take care now.